Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to another edition of Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke. This morning we are continuing our discussion about new ways that Catholics are being formed in the faith and also sharing it. The Church of Pittsburgh faces several challenges today as parishes and schools merge. And of course, the pandemic uh, affects our faith communities. But with so much change that is going on, there's also a chance for growth, and Catholics have a new uh, opportunity to deepen their relationship with Jesus, to learn more about the faith, and find greater meaning in their lives. The Church is seeking to form missionary disciples who are ready to follow Jesus and lead others to Him, but first they need to get to know Christ better and to recognize Him. My guest this morning is theologian and author Michael Terrian, who is the president and CEO of Parambua Group, a nonprofit Catholic organization dedicated to the work of evangelization. Michael, welcome this morning to Catholic Education Plus. Thanks for being with us here this morning, and obviously with a lot of the challenges going on with uh, the COVID, uh, the, the diocese on mission for the Church Alive is still going on with the merging of parishes. Obviously, all of this stuff, I always say that out of negative situations there in challenges, there's always a positive. And your vision is to create a network of well-informed missionary disciples who feel confident in sharing their faith with others. Uh, first, uh, what is a missionary disciple? Some people may think that missionaries serve in foreign lands, but can you tell our listeners this morning, what is a missionary disciple? Yeah, so, you know, when we're baptized, we always hear about how uh, through baptism we're called to holiness, and of course, Part of the call to holiness is drawing closer to Jesus and growing in our spiritual life interiorly. But another really key dimension of being holy is going out into the world and bringing Christ to other people and sharing our faith with other people. And so really a missionary disciple is not someone who simply follows Jesus, but also is, uh, answers the call to go out or go forth into the world and uh, share the gospel with other people. Now, your, your uh, company, Preambia Group, provides formation at the heart of uh, the Christian experience. Uh, what does that mean? Yeah, well, in, in the many years that I've been involved in ministry, one of the things that I've uh, observed is that, you know, Catholics are very dedicated to their faith, but they often don't feel comfortable or confident sharing their faith with other people. Um, you know, we live in a an environment that's uh, kind of riddled with relativism and a, a kind of tolerance that's actually quite intolerant. And so people oftentimes are afraid to, you know, open up 
and share their faith with other people. So one of the things that we're trying to do is we're really trying to deepen people's spiritual life so that what people can learn to do is begin to share the different ways they experience God in their life with other people. Uh, and I would contrast this with maybe a different approach, which would be to go and, you know, explain the doctrines of the faith to people right away or, you know, try to get into an apologetic discussion around some, you know, hot topic. I think what people, we need to learn how to do is to just open up our hearts and share, how does God show up in our lives? Where, where, what is he doing inside of us to heal us, to transform us, to form us more deeply in his own image and likeness? And I think that to be able to share those kinds of stories with other people really opens other people up to the possibility of a relationship with God. Yeah, good. Now, you also view discipleship as a developmental process of growth, uh, which is important. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so, you know, if we think about natural life, you know, we have, like, in school for children, we have first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth mm-hmm. grade, etc., you know, we would never try, in most cases, to do eighth grade math and second grade because we recognize that there's a process of development that takes place, not only in terms of the, the order and sequence of a curriculum, but more importantly, in terms of the natural growth of the child and their ability to, uh, you know, mature, if you will, into whatever subject they're learning. And so, you know, the church has always taught that the faith really is the same way. Um, it doesn't parallel natural growth. But there's a developmental process in the process of becoming a disciple. And so, you know, we notice in the Gospels, for example, that Jesus will encounter, you know, people, maybe it's Peter and Andrew along the Sea of Galilee. He'll draw them into a relationship with himself. But, you know, he took about three and a half years to really form his disciples, and he didn't try to do it all at once. He, he took it step by step, and he drew them deeper and deeper into relationship with himself um, as they were able to grow and mature. And that, that process really is the same for each and every one of us, and, and it really takes a lifetime. You know, we never stop growing. And so a couple of things are important in that. I think one is, is that, you know, as a community of faith, we have to continue offering opportunities for people to grow deeper and deeper in their faith. But we also have to be careful not to jump too far down the road for people and, and get ahead of ourselves. We have to really meet people where they are and then kind of accompany them and disciple them along that path. Yeah, and I always remind people, you know, whenever we're baptized uh, and then we go into either a Catholic uh, school system or religious education, uh, youth ministry, and even after uh, we receive First Holy Communion and Confirmation, we're not done. We're, we're constantly learning and growing, and even adult, adult catechesis and uh, faith formation. And even as a priest, I've been a priest for 19 years, you never stop learning. You're always growing, and there's so much to learn about the faith. And it's good that uh, as Catholic and Christians, we, we really dive into that so that we can share our faith with others and be missionaries and be true disciples. So the the opportunities are always there, and as they say, you never stop learning. Now, you're offering a three-formation uh, opportunity process for Catholics, engaging them at different stages uh, of their growth, the way, on fire, and your mission. Can you briefly describe each of these formation experiences? Because these sound uh, very exciting. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, we, it, that formation process is, is multifaceted. So, you know, we have to grow in our knowledge of the faith. We have to grow in our hearts, like in our wills, in our 
emotional life. We have to grow in virtue, our prayer life. There's all these different ways in which God calls us to grow. And so we, what we've done is we, we know that there's around the diocese here and across the country, actually, um, there's a lot of what we would call awakening experiences, uh, kind of evangelization programs like Christ Life or Alpha Catholic, um, Christ Renews His Parish, programs like that. And they're very, they're very popular and lots of people are going through them. But one of the questions that I get from a lot of people is, okay, now what? Like, where do I go from here? What do I do next? And so Preambula Group, I found the Preambula Group primarily to, to, to sort of address that question and provide those kinds of opportunities, especially in a more intimate setting with smaller groups of people where uh, myself and others that I'm working with can really invest in people's uh, spiritual, moral, you know, personal growth uh, in the faith. And so the first, the first uh, experience we call the way, because when Jesus calls us to follow him, he doesn't often tell us where he's leading us. And so the mm-hmm. purpose of this experience, this collaborative, is, is people coming together for about eight weeks to begin to explore, you know, once you make the decision to really follow Jesus in a serious way, you know, what I, what I call making him the axis of your life around which everything revolves, the question is, is what does Jesus want to do in your life? You know, so we talk about different themes like, you know, Jesus wants to show up in the messy parts of your life. You know, he, he wants to be present where you feel fear and anxiety and worry and regret and whatever you might be struggling with. Um, he wants to heal us, right? He wants to, op- he wants us to open up to the divine physician that he is and, and be healed in whatever areas of our life might need healing. And that includes, you know, it could be mental, emotional healing. It could be a past memory that hurts us. It could be sins that are plaguing our lives. Uh, it could be um, maybe someone's done a real injury to us and we haven't been able to forgive them. Whatever it is, Jesus wants to heal us. So, um, you know, and then we talk about prayer, just how do we pray more deeply with the Lord? How do we discern his calling and his will in our life? So that's the, that's the way. The second, the next step is a longer process called On Fire, which actually has been running in the diocese for about six months now. And I mm. was uh, very great, or not six months, I'm sorry, several years. It's been running for two or three years. Uh, when I was uh, head of the, um, the Institute of Pastoral Leadership and also working in the Leadership Secretariat, uh, Mamika Garishay and I, um, she, Mamika actually developed this program, and okay. we worked together, and she, she's she been delivering it around the diocese for several years. And so um, I'm taking that program over and continuing to run the On Fire program with Mamika. And um, so that experience is like what I call sort of like a deep dive into the spiritual life. It's really learning different forms of prayer, uh, understanding the spiritual world, whether it's the world of the angels, the world of our hearts in relationship to God. Um, and also it's a wonderful experience of being able to discern your unique gifting and how God might be calling you to serve him and building up the kingdom of God. So the idea there is that, you know, you've, you've encountered Christ, you want to follow him in a serious way. Now your heart's on fire and you want to be consumed by that fire and you want your whole life to be consumed by the fire of the Spirit and you want to live in that way. And then the, the third uh, experience is called uh, your mission, which is once you've discerned where you're gifted and what you might be able to do to contribute, build up the kingdom of God here, the Diocese of Pittsburgh or wherever you happen to live, uh, People 
God wants to send us out into into the world to to uh, do the works of mercy, to serve people in various ways, um, to be a witness out in the world, maybe to help out with catechizing children or visiting the homebound or in some form of outreach and apostolic work. So to do that by yourself sometimes is a little scary and a little uh, it can be a little bit intimidating for people. So the idea is to create communities of practice where people can come together with others that are doing the same thing, meet month to month, and talk about their experiences and learn more and more about, you know, how to be a missionary disciple, how to be out there in the world sharing the gospel. Uh, so that's that great. that's it's kind of formally a six-month program, but mm-hmm. it'll last beyond that. So, Okay, we have to take a quick break. Uh, we have lots more to go for the second half. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, the pastor of St. Mary Magdalene Parish, uh, serving the communities of Point Breeze, the East End, Homewood, and Wilkinson, Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh, and also the pastor of St. Benedict the Moore Parish in the Hill District. And this morning, I'm really honored to have uh, Michael Terrian, who is the president and CEO of Preambia Group, which is a nonprofit Catholic organization dedicated uh, to work on evangelization and, and to get uh, Catholics excited about your faith. And, Michael, you recently served as the president of the Diocese of Pittsburgh's Institute for Pastoral Leadership and also the director of evangelization, and uh, you also taught moral theology at the Augustine Institute in Denver and at St. Vincent Seminary in Latrobe, which is my alma mater. And how is the Church forming Catholics differently uh, today than, say, like, uh, I've been ordained 19 years, so 19 or 20 years ago. Yeah, well, that's a great question. So, um, you know, 20, 20, 30, 40 years ago, after Vatican II, you know, there was a lot of doctrinal confusion in, in circulating in the Church. I think a lot of people were trying to figure out what, what the implications of, of Vatican II were. And so we focused a lot on catechesis, which is helping people understand and know and have knowledge of their faith. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of challenges in that, but I think as we moved, uh, you know, into the 1990s and early 2000s, you know, under the leadership of Pope St. John Paul II and Pope Benedict XVI, I think a lot of those issues got settled. But I think we realized along the way that there was a lot more to formation than just intellectual formation or just knowing and understanding of faith. So I think what we're trying to do differently is we're trying to we're trying to have more of an integral formation that addresses not only our knowledge of the faith, but also, you know, how we're living out the faith day to day in our life, the formation of our hearts, our personality, our character, um, and trying to, you know, have a, a broader and, you know, I call it a more integrated formation, the totality of, of us as persons, you know, Christ wants to redeem all of us, right? Not just our, just our knowledge, but, you know, all the other dimensions of our human personality. Absolutely. Now, your new book, uh, The Catholic Faith Explained, you write about uh, what is the point of faith, and in particular, the Catholic faith. And this time, there's so many Catholics no longer practicing their faith. How can this book help them uh, to strengthen the Church, to get people excited about their faith? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people have kind of drifted away from their faith, uh, perhaps, or walked away for various reasons. Um, And it's been my experience that a lot of people don't really get, they don't see the big picture of Christianity. And so I wrote the book to try to, to, to put all the pieces together. I think people grow up in the Catholic Church, they grew up, you know, years back, experiencing p- 
pieces of the faith, you know, you understand the Eucharist fits here and, you know, we have the Pope and Mary and we have the different sacraments and there's the commandments, but, but it's like, but what is Christianity fundamentally all about? And it's really, you know, it's really the story of God's love affair with the human race and his desire to be in covenant communion with us and how he has brought that about. And so in the book, what I try to do is I really try to um, in, in 21 somewhat short chapters, just lay out what is the big picture of Christianity? What does the church propose to the world? Um, wh- why is it good news? <laughs> What's so great about it? And uh, and I think for a lot of people, they've just never heard it that way before. Um, they've never had it explained. So it's a great book for a devout Catholic to hand to someone that they know, could be their own child, could be a neighbor, whatever, who might be open to learning or relearning or rediscovering their faith. Yeah, and there's always opportunities to say, hey, take a look at this book and pass it on and, you know, uh, strike some interest. And uh, people that might be, you know, a little hesitant or distracted and read this book, you know, hopefully that can get them back on the right path. And um, all we can do is just, you know, share our faith with others and invite others to come to the table. Now, at the beginning of the program, I mentioned the challenges that are facing the church today with the parish and the school mergers and, of course, the coronavirus pandemic. But you see this as a, as a moment of great opportunity. Uh, how is that so? Yeah, well, you know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes we get very distracted, and I feel like the world <laughs> has been very distracted <laughs> with yeah, a lot of yeah. things. and. The pandemic is very difficult, but it's also forced us into a place where we we have to simple we've had to simplify our life and we've had to uh return to very basic forms of living day to day. Now I know that that's been very difficult on people, for example, who A have gotten sick or people who have lost their jobs and things like that. But you know, I also see a lot of things like family spending more time together, you know, uh having meals together. Um, going for walks, playing games. I, my, I talked to my brother-in-law uh, just recently, and he was saying, I, I'm seeing kids playing games in the streets, like when I was a kid. Like, I haven't ever seen that in the 10 years that I've lived in this neighborhood. So it's an opportunity, I think, to wake up and say, hey, what what is God trying to tell us right now? What is he trying to show us? He's not punishing us. He's trying to draw us into a deeper relationship with him, and to get re-in-touch, you know, with our humanity again and build community in small and simple ways. And, I, and I'm seeing a lot of that around me. And really, quite frankly, I think it's, it's, really, it's really beautiful. It's really neat. Yeah, it's true. I think, uh, as I say, a negative, there's a positive. Like the pandemic has brought people to have dinners together, families. You know, normally it would be running around, rat race, uh, people sitting out on their front porches and actually talking to their neighbors. Uh, as you said, kids playing out in the street. You know, these things uh, have kind of gotten on the wayside, and I've noticed that, too, uh, in the last several months with the shutdown. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like re- regrouping and reconnecting with our family and our, our neighbors, and I think that's really important. Now, lay Catholic organizations like the Preambula Group are taking a more leadership role in helping the Church with formation and evangelization. How are the lay people co-responsible with the clergy in this work, because obviously, as a priest, I can't do all the work by myself. Yeah, well, exactly. And you know, <laughs> the, the you know, we talk about how there's the, you know, there's the the the, the ministerial or ordained priesthood, and then there's the 
the universal or royal priesthood of the faithful. And so, you know, and we have different jobs, you could say. You know, the, the ordained clergy primary responsibility is to really invest in the community of faith and build it up so that the laity can go out into the world and transform the world for Christ and mm-hmm. to be leaven. You know, Christ uh, also speaks about uh, being salt, being the light of the world, being a city on the hill. These are all images for the church out in the world. Um, we're not supposed to hunker down and lock ourselves away from the world, but get out there and get engaged. So we really are co-responsible uh, for Jesus's mission of salvation. We mm-hmm. all have to be instruments and, and uh, of, of the mercy of God. We all have to be voices of the good news of the gospel of Christ. You know, we all have to be uh, embodying the twofold commandment of loving God and loving neighbor out in the world so that the world can uh, come to know uh, the, the tremendous love that our Heavenly Father has for us. That's, that's our commission. So we, as laity, we aren't to be passive. Uh, we aren't to just simply go to church, but we're sent out from Mass, you know, go in, go in peace, we say, and, and, and to love and serve the Lord, to get out there. There's other ways that we say that after Mass, but the idea is we, we need to go out into the world and uh, transform the world for Christ. One last question. We have about 30 seconds. Uh, for people who want to learn about the formation program, how can they get in touch with you or learn more about your program? Yeah, we have two two websites. So to sign up for our formation programs, you'll want to go to org. That's org. And if you want to learn more about the Preambula Group, you just go to preambula.org, which is P-R-E-A-M-B-U-L-A.org. All right, great. Michael Terrian, thanks for being with us this morning. Thanks, Father Tom. Great to be with you. Great show. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio. This week in our Plus segment, uh, we're featuring the 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time this weekend in our church, and the Gospel uh, from Matthew comes uh, as Jesus reminds us about the multiplication of loaves and fishes. This is uh, the only miracle story in the, the Bible that all four Gospel writers focus on, the multiplication of loaves and fishes. And just as we are called to nourish our bodies, we must care for our souls and our spiritual life. And God invites all who are spiritually hungry and thirsty to come to the table. And today's readings show that God will always sustain us with food and love and nourishment. So uh, the multiplication of loaves and fishes reminds us of the miracles, the blessings um, that God gives us each and every day, and uh, really focus on, especially with a lot going on with the pandemic and the heat, um, the social unrest in our country, the negative things that can go around us. God nourishes us and feeds us and provides what we need. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.